Hey everyone, and welcome to Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Joss Richard, and this is the podcast where every week I will be joined by a special guest who either loves Three's Company, hates it, or has never even heard of it, and together we'll review an episode of the classic sitcom. Today we're talking about season one, episode two, and Mother Makes Four. And I am so excited to bring our special guest to join me today because, of course, I can't do this alone. Meredith Loftus is your run-of-the-mill fangirl who likes too many things. She sometimes verbalizes these things on her podcast, Fangirl Forum, and otherwise writes as a freelance features writer for Collider and Marvelous Geeks, while her day job consists of running the Mixable stream for Paramount. Hi, Meredith. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm good. It's like, it's been a busy day, but this is like such a nice break. Yes. And, you know, when you initially asked me to do this, like I have remembered seeing like your tweets about Three's Company. So like this is so like perfect for you. So I'm excited that I get to do this with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry that you follow me on Twitter because it's all I talk about. I didn't realize until right now that yes, other people can see my tweets. Yes. For anyone that doesn't follow me, it's all I talk about. So great. I'm glad I can give you a little insight, a little sneak peek to what this is, Meredith. Yes. Aside from my tweets, before we dive into the episode, what is your knowledge of Three's Company? Have you heard of it? Have you watched anything? Are you going in blind? Yeah, so um, I have heard of the series. In fact, when I heard the theme song come on when watching the episode, I was like, oh, I have heard this theme song before. So um, I don't remember in what particular context, but I have heard the theme song before. Um, I have never watched an episode, but I really got into the CNN documentary series on the different decades, and they did one on the 70s. And in their TV episode, uh, they talked about different programming. And Three's Company was part of that, of ABC's uh, programming at the time called Jiggle TV, where there was a lot Mm -hmm. of beautiful women with big boobs and a lot of like sexist jokes going on. But I had known of the series. Um, In fact, when I told my mom that I was doing this, she was like, I loved this show. I was such a rebel watching this show because my parents didn't like it. I'm like, I'm not surprised. And then I also have heard of a, uh, I love the show 30 Rock and there is a Three's Company um, reference in the series, which I went back and just watched it just to be like, yes, I know this is from. What's the reference? So the reference was uh, Jack Donaghy, uh, Alec Baldwin's character. He is kind of in a love triangle and Liz Lemon, Tina Fey's character comes in and she's like, so how's your three's company situation? And he's like, just like the series, like the series, it's titillizing and anxiety inducing. I need your help, <laughs> Janet. And then she's like, oh, being Janet sucks. And I'm like, I just met Janet. I, I get that reference now. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that there was that reference there, which I love hearing references. I know that there was one on Friends once. So that's great to know that there was one on 30 Rock. I'm going to have to watch that episode. We're going to get into it, but her comment about like being Janet, I find interesting because I feel like this show really owns it, hones in on the stereotypes of like the beautiful blonde and the level-headed brunette. 
And I feel like that is Mm -hmm. like the typical stereotype. So you know what? I'm just going to – let's just get into it. Let's dive into it and share our thoughts along the way. Cool. We start this episode off with Jan and Chrissy preparing for Jack to move in. And Meredith, this is episode two. So the previous episode, they met Jack. They needed a roommate and they were like, hey, why don't we all live together? And he agreed, obviously, because they're two beautiful women. And the hook is he has to pretend to be gay in order to live with two girls. If you didn't catch on to that. <laughs> yes, I I did get that. Was it like jarring for you? Like, were you expecting the gay jokes? Because there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Um, I do remember like that being the concept. And then my mom mentioning like this was kind of like a little revolutionary as far as like in the 70s, like he's pretending to be gay. And um, the landlords like come in and like they're Mr. Roper, I believe his name is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's dropping like Tinkerbell and fairy references. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot right now. No, it's funny because I'm so used to it. And I had to, I've obviously rewatched the show many times, but rewatching this episode, preparing for us to record as I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh. I'm making Meredith watch this episode that clearly did not age well. I was like really wondering what your thoughts were. I felt bad because I'm just so used to it. You know, these are jokes that I heard as a kid and they kind of just go over my head now. But now I'm like, wait, this is problematic. I mean, yeah, like it's fascinating like as like jokes have evolved and you know, uh, in comedies in particular when it comes to like the LGBTQ community, like we're – we've come so like yeah it was a little like jarring to hear it after like you know not having like so much of like those type of jokes um and this is a show I didn't necessarily like grow up with but um I mean it was kind of a lot but you know I also know it's very much like of the times and where society was at in the 70s in relationship to that so it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things where like you acknowledge where we've where we've gone but then it's also like it is very much a product of the times too also can I just say Mr. Roper may be a lot but his wife Mrs. Roper hilarious like she had the best lines in the episode I was cackling every time she was like making some innuendo towards like not having sex with her husband I found it hilarious like that opening scene of them coming in and him attempting to fix the uh, doorbell or whatever she is just like scene stealer to me I think that's so funny you say that because our guest on the first episode again, had no real context of Three's Company, said the exact same thing. She was like, Mrs. Roper is a vibe. I'm here for it. And I never liked the Ropers growing up because as a kid, you know, it's just watching an old couple and you're like more inclined to follow the three main characters. But that's so interesting that now our generation is like, wait, the Ropers are underrated and they're they're a vibe. They're, they're a vibe. Or maybe it just like shows like how like, old I've gotten at this point where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I relate to these people, you know, or like, oh, can I just be at a bar throwing darts, uh, you know, just hanging out with the young kids these days? I don't know. When we start this episode, Janet and Chrissy are preparing for Jack to move in. And Janet, off the top, is a little worried that Chrissy is going to give Jack the wrong idea because 
Chrissy's obviously a very attractive person. She's very naive. I have to say, Meredith, and you may know this because of my tweets. So Jack and Janet are my OTP. I love Jack and Janet. And I would love your thoughts here on like the dynamic between the three of them. Like obviously in the oh, the first 10 minutes, you see that there is a very like jealous element to Janet. I was just wondering like what your thoughts were watching this. I definitely – so I wrote notes as I was watching this, ever diligent, you know. And I do write down like Chrissy and Jack, do they become a thing question mark? Because like it's clear like at the beginning like he is very attracted to her and he's making more of like the innuendos and the flirtatious comments towards her. Whereas like Janet in particular like – she makes a comment of like, well, what am I? He's like, well, you're like smart or something along those lines. And so I definitely see like that kind of stereotype coming into play of like the smart level-headed brunette. And, but he's also, I can see Jack being like, he's instantly more, he's not putting on on much of a show for Janet. So like there's, there's already a friendly like nature there and like even the when it's just Janet and Chrissy talking and Chrissy's like well he's really nice you know and Janet's like yeah he is pretty nice and so I can see I watched the episode like thinking okay I think at some point Chrissy and Jack are gonna hook up But then I went back to your tweets. I'm like, wait a second. Does she even talk about these two? And then I see Janet and I'm like, oh, oh, so like there's more, there's more to come here. So like, yeah, I, me watching it, I was like, it's a, their first night together. What an interesting dynamic, kind of laying seeds for stuff. I wasn't as I I'm not on the Janet Jack train yet, but I can see mm-hmm. how it can get going somewhere. Fair, very fair. And you're not the first person to say that in regards to Jack and Chrissy. I've had our guests in the first episode say the same thing that, you know, oh, are Jack and Chrissy going to get together? So I think it's a really interesting perspective because obviously, you know, I just watch this by myself. So it's just, and I know what's going to happen. So it's interesting hearing it from someone who has no way, no idea where this is going to go. As we continue the episode, we learn that Chrissy's father is a minister. His name is Reverend Snow. We meet him later on in the series. He's actually one of my favorite characters, but she is worried about him Ooh. finding out that Jack lives there. Yeah, he's a he's a good one. <laughs> but she's worried about Jack or he's she's worried about her dad finding out that Jack lives there because guy and two girls. Meanwhile, the ropers come upstairs to fix the doorbell like you were saying, there were the, the little fairy jokes which problematic, fine, we brush over. And I thought this part was really funny where Jack comes home for the first time and he rings the doorbell and Roper is holding the wires and he starts screaming. I'm like, this is like such a corny thing, but I, it's such a corny sitcom thing, but I found it funny. Oh my gosh. There were so many like moments of that, that I enjoyed. And that was something that I wrote down. There's a lot of physical humor that you just don't see on sitcoms anymore. And like the doorbell, like, uh, the doorbell thing happening, um, many times, uh, which we'll get into later in the episode where like, Jack is like hiding or like falling over places like there's just a lot of like 
physical comedy that has like we've lost in the sitcom so it was like it was like a breath of fresh air for me to see that and be like oh yeah like it doesn't have to be like good one-liners or innuendos it can be physical comedy too that makes us laugh and yeah like it's corny but it like totally works I love that you say that because you know this is one of the things where nowadays if you try to do a sitcom with that formula it won't necessarily work it won't keep people's attention so I love how you were able to watch this and like see it for what it was and it was like a breath of fresh air I'm really really happy Oh, yes. Give us more pratfalls. There is a line here where Mr. Roper implies that Jack can just, you you know, fix the doorbell himself. And he calls them an interior decorator. I don't know if you caught this, Meredith, but he says, oh, I'm not an interior decorator. And then Mr. Roper says, oh, I thought all you fellows were. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was kind of risque to imply and, like, have that little hiccup of what he was going to say. I was I was kind of shocked. Yeah. It was it was a little shocking because uh, you're like, oh, was he actually about to say that on, like, network television? But then I like Jack's response to him of saying, no, actually, I'm a boxer. Uh, you know, I didn't think you fight. We only fight people who, like – insult us or whatever and I was like "Ooh, that was good that was like a good way to like combat that because uh yeah that was pretty problematic you were insinuating that Mr. Roper as we continue with the show I think that in terms of these jokes I think they're written by people that are liberal and that are okay with the LGBTQ plus lifestyle and they're the jokes are meant to make the Mr. Ropers of the world uncomfortable it's not it's not necessarily poking fun at people who are gay it's like on the gay side yeah totally as jack gets ready to come inside chrissy and janet help bring up his luggage and janet again this is a little jealousy moment she's the one that's bringing all the luggage upstairs and chrissy brings a small little box and he says thank you chrissy and you see a look on janet's face naturally i would be pissed too if i just carried a bunch of stuff upstairs and he was paying attention to Chrissy. Totally. As they're unpacking and Jack settling in, Chrissy panics and says that her mom is coming to visit. And her mom does not know that Jack lives there. And there is a line here where Jack says, oh, come on, Chrissy. People are doing it all over the place. And she's like, that's what they'll think. That that line. And then I think she made a line about like, come into the kitchen and show me what you got. I was like, whoa. Oh my gosh. They were saying this on TV? Very. (laughs) They need to get Jack out of the apartment because Chrissy's mom is coming over. So Janet takes Jack to the Regal Beagle and Mrs. Roper is there. She invites him earlier, but he says no. But he goes with her. And this is also an introduction to the Regal Beagle, which becomes their central perk. It's, you know, the hub where a lot of stuff happens. It's the place that they go to. And they're there, meet Mrs. Roper while Chrissy is entertaining her mom. While they're there with Mrs. Roper, he lets it slip that he's actually not gay. And they worry because Mrs. Roper catches on and she's actually okay with it because Mrs. Roper's cool as fuck. So (laughs) exactly. I love how they played that moment, you know, especially if that's episode two, she's finding out like it's I imagine there's a lot of dynamics that happen and a lot of like, oh, no, how are we gonna like keep this a secret but to have like somebody on their side and someone as cool as mrs roper being like it's great you know 
um, I imagine there's a lot more like comedy to be had there. And I'm sure she's going to be, you know, dropping the hanky when it comes to him, you know, trying to like uh, scratch that itch that she's uh, missing from uh, her husband. So (laughs) they say they, they assure her there's nothing going on in her apartment. And she says there's nothing going on in ours either. Chrissy and her mom are at the apartment and she essentially says that, no, we, they, we, they didn't get another girl as a roommate to replace Eleanor and Meredith Eleanor was their old roommate that Jack ended up replacing. And Chrissy's mom says, oh, well, if you didn't get another roommate, then I'll just stay the night, which obviously she can't stay the night because Jack lives there. So now you have this like classic sitcom, oh my God, what are we going to do? I will say very quickly, uh, no, I think it's just – because of that like classic sitcom dynamic, it just like allows for so much like physical comedy to come out of it because now you're trying to like sneak in Jack, you're trying to hide his presence in the apartment and all of the shenanigans to unfold, which is great. Chrissy goes to the Regal Beagle because she's like, we need to figure out what we're doing. Meanwhile, Roper is back in the apartment fixing the doorbell and he meets Chrissy's mom. There's um, a little moment between them. They have conversation. She's going to make him some hot cocoa. Fine. You don't You don't really think much of it. You're like, okay, great. This is fine. He meets Chrissy's mom and that's kind of it. Meanwhile, we go back to the Regal Beagle and Chrissy has an idea to sneak Jack inside while her mom's asleep. And she says, you know, the room is – or well. Jack says, is the room or is the bed big enough for three of us? You know, it's three's company. And so he's just, he's an opportunist, you know? Um, It was a pretty, you know, interesting joke to be had there. And also the fact that like um, when they do eventually get him into the room, like they place him, it doesn't even look, it looked like a small couch at first, like a love seat, but it's actually just like this chair. And you're like, Enjoy the corner corner here, but also don't look at us while we change. Uh, <laughs> and his dreams of a big size begged for three uh, were was squashed, unfortunately, for him. As we are at this point, do you feel like some sort of like favoritism to the characters? Like, are you do you feel like you're getting to know the characters? Do you like Jack? Do you like Chrissy? Do you like Janet? So. I have not seen the first episode, so I have missed out on their initial dynamics of like how they met, how they got into the situation. So I feel as though like I don't have a full grasp on the characters just yet. Like I like Jack enough. I feel like I don't really fully know him or or he's kind of like – you know, just a flirtatious guy, just making the most of his situation. Um, Chrissy does seem like your typical, like, dumb blonde, very beautiful, attractive, but uh, really frets over the smallest little things where Janet kind of, like, comes in and has to be, like, the brains. Um, I do... I know I like them. I don't know if any of them necessarily stand out to me as as of this point. Mm-hmm. I think with any show, when you watch when you have a show that has gone on for eight seasons and you know the characters so well, it is always weird going back to the first season because 
the chemistry isn't necessarily there yet. I feel like the actors themselves are still trying to understand the characters, which is, you know, I feel like it's it's a it's a hard job to to review this episode so early on because these characters aren't even true to like who they are yet. They're still like finding their way. And that totally makes sense, you know, um, because it is episode two, like you said, they're still figuring out what this actually looks like. And it's only their first night living together. They're even figuring out as characters, like what does this look like? I will say as somebody who lives in LA, Uh, I did not know that this took place in LA in Santa Monica and I found the most unbelievable thing to happen in this episode was that there was a thunderstorm in Santa Monica. I'm sorry we're living through a drought but like that does not happen. Maybe it happened in the 70s. Climate change. (laughs) Oh god no that is out of all the things that are unrealistic in this episode you're right that is the most unrealistic thing. The longer I've lived in LA, it's those things that like I pick up on. Um, So like that being the most unrealistic thing. And then when I watched the Fast and Furious movies, they did a drag, uh, a race in Koreatown. And that was the most unrealistic thing to happen in that. So, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna write about LA, you should be a little bit more accurate, but you're right. Maybe there were thunderstorms in the seventies. I just wasn't alive to, to verify that. Clearly not that way now. Also, another unrealistic thing about this show is that they live in Santa Monica for $300 a month. Are you serious? What a concept. Oh my gosh, that makes me that that makes me mad thinking just like how much rent has gone up since then and quality. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. Yeah. It's fine. We we accept it. We we move on. It's really upsetting. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So Jack has hiccups and he he sneaks out of the room. And this is the scene that you were referring to, Meredith, where he needs to um, he's, he's trying to find a paper bag to clear or to cure his hiccups. And he obviously can't be caught by Chrissy's mom, who was in his bedroom. And there is this really incredible like you said like physical comedy that happens here there's no dialogue like nothing's happening it's just a lot of like them missing each other them hiding I really really enjoyed it oh I absolutely loved it I thought that was some of the funniest stuff to come from the episode uh just like the resourcefulness to like hide in a cabinet or just like fall behind a couch uh act like he was uh, a standing light like those kind of things can come across as corny, but it's also like what makes sitcoms like fun. And um, I found that uh, I found that sequence to be very hilarious. So when he goes back into the bedroom, um, he finally makes it back inside. The window is stuck and it's making a noise because of the thunderstorm. So Chrissy says, don't worry, I'll get it um, because they don't want Jack to be caught again. And he tell, she tells him to turn around as she grabs her robe. So he turns around and obviously there's a mirror. So he like sees her, which is just, it's a funny, it's a funny moment. To me, that's just establishing more of like his character of like, oh, he's definitely like, he's very into her. Like he's 
not above uh, checking out um, a woman. And he was also doing that at the Regal Beagle with the uh, waitress there too. You know, like, I don't really want a beer. I just want to go home. Okay, I'm going to order some more beer right now. So like, it it fits in with what I know of the character of this point. When she leaves, this is one of my favorite moments there is this Jack and Janet moment, which, again, understanding, Meredith, that you don't have the contacts, you don't see them the same way I do, but I feel like it's a really interesting moment because Jack says, oh, everywhere you look at her, she's a girl. And Janet says, well, what am I, a gorilla? And he's like, no, you're very bright. She says, okay, more like a chimp. And it's it's um, it's interesting because they have this little moment, and you, I know you haven't seen the first episode, but – Chrissy and Jack have yet to have a moment together. There is no real Chrissy and Jack moment. I feel like there's a lot of Jack and Janet in this episode. And that's kind of how it was in the first episode as well, where Chrissy is the girl he has a crush on, but all of his back and forth is with Janet, which I think is a Mm. good, like an interesting formula. So essentially Chrissy comes back inside says she can't get it shut. So he's like, I'll do it. Make yourselves beautiful. And then he leaves and Janet says, oh, of all the vain, egotistical. And then Chrissy says, he's kind of nice though. And Janet says, yeah. And we have this like pan out. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. Meredith, keep me honest. It's really just on Janet. And she's, to me, it seems like she's thinking like thinking about him like trying to understand their dynamic this is a guy that just moved in and she's like wait he is really nice and I feel like this is kind of alluding to something I will say you know as as somebody who fangirls who's a shipper like when you have your OTP you're looking and dissecting at every little moment uh, to see the sparks in the beginning of something special and especially in like early episodes in TV couples, it's so fun to go back and see those moments. Um, as somebody, as an outsider looking in, I I noticed like the wistfulness in her voice. I didn't necessarily notice like the panning and focus on her. It was more of like, in my eyes, it was more of a conversation between two friends being like, well, yeah, but he is pretty nice. And she's like, yeah, all right, I'll give you that. But I mean, I also ship couples that never actually got together or even had a kiss. So, you know, you you pick and we pick and choose our battles and like what little things that we dissect and go nuts over and like the things that like, yeah, like that we fall for. And I'm keeping you honest of I didn't necessarily see it there, but I affirm you as a fellow shipper, like I believe it's there for you. I appreciate that. And this is a big reason why I wanted Meredith to talk about this episode specifically because she is a fangirl at heart and she understands the concept of shipping. So I'm like, I need to talk to someone that like would probably understand here. So thank you. No problem. Oh, and by the way, uh, Joss was on an episode, one of my very early episodes of my podcast where we specifically talk about shipping and actually a friend of mine had said that he had just listened to our episode. I'm like, oh my gosh, the things that we were talking about back then. We were babies. Oh my gosh, what did I even say? 
I barely remember what I even said at that point. Uh, but you can go back and listen to it. I will. Shipping. We've been through it, you know. We've been we've been burned and we've been rewarded, so it's fine. It's fine. Now we're coming towards the end of the episode. Jack sneaks outside and or well, he's he's outside and he's trying to fix the window, and Chrissy's mom comes out and it's raining and he He's such a good guy. He climbs out the window because he doesn't want Chrissy's mom to see him, which honestly, if I were him, I'd be like, I don't owe anyone anything. I don't know you people. I need to sleep in my room. And I feel like that also shows what a great person he is that, you know, he's he's doing this for them because they're like, please – Chrissy's mom can't find out. No, it's very sweet of him as a roommate because, yeah, of your first night and it's raining outside and you were pushed outside or, like, being deprived of, like, your new bed and, like, making yourself at home. Like, it says a lot that he – I think it speaks to his character and I think it speaks to, like, him being, like, a good roommate for them, you know, that he may not necessarily like being a – going through all these crazy shenanigans but he also like cares for them um and their living situation so i thought that was that was he put up with a lot in that scenario but i i respect him for it i do too he's a good guy so (laughs) chrissy and janet come out because chrissy's mom's like oh my god there's a man outside there's someone out there and Janet opens the door and they pretend that they, you know, they they act like they know Jack, but they pretend that he doesn't live there and he casually walks inside. It's very, very weird. Um, and he's like, oh, I was just passing through. And his mom says, oh, without any shoes on? Essentially, he says he's going to leave. And they say, see you, Jack. And Chrissy's mom says, wait, Jack, are you Jack Tripper, the Jack that lives here? I thought that you were out because you weren't home. And she's okay with Jack living there. And we find out that in that moment between her and Mr. Roper, Mr. Roper told her that Jack was gay. So it's kind of a whole like, oh my God, another person who thinks he's gay, but then also like, oh my God, none of this even needed to happen because her mom was fine with it to begin with. So that's the episode. It's... It's fun. It's cute. It's a good intro to them all living together. Meredith, what were your thoughts? What What's your review of this episode? I ended up really liking this episode a lot. I think it does a lot for um, this new dynamic of these characters, of how they're going to live together. Um, I, As I mentioned, I really love a lot of the physical humor that came out of this episode Mrs. Roper is such a scene stealer in my eyes. Um, I I came in with, I don't want to say low expectations, but I came in with just expectations of, okay, I'm just going to watch this episode. Let's see what happens. But like, I like it enough that I probably would go and watch uh, some more episodes of Three's Company. Like, I like it enough to be like, I'm willing to see more and see what would happen next. Um, And especially since I didn't see the pilot, like, I do want to go back and watch the first episode. And I want to, like, have more of that context to, like, how they got into this situation together. Well, if it's more episodes that you want... I can provide that for you. So I can send you all the episodes and I definitely have to have you back as you continue to watch. I would love to hear your thoughts 
as you go through the journey and see the dynamics and the relationships change. I, oh, I'm so, so, so happy to hear that. Again, thank you so, so, so much, Meredith. You are always one of my favorite people to talk to and you are so incredible. And everyone else, thank you so, so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week as we review season one, episode three. 